Some further thoughts on Skip Schumacher. Now the Marlins manager plus the World Series is is upon us. One day away. Going to dig into some of that. Plus, Joey Wendell talk today on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me, guys, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Almost 5,000 followers. Not that I'm counting, but approaching a milestone of sorts. What happens at 5,000? Absolutely nothing. Nevertheless, follow me there. If you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe. Reminder, it's free and available everywhere. Everywhere you get them, you can get them. Locked On Marlins. If you aren't watching... Reminder, there is also a YouTube channel, also called Locked on Marlins, coincidentally. And if you are watching, hello, greetings. It is another solo pod. It has been a lot of solos this week uh, as my right-hand man, Sean, is, is, is off work for the week and unavailable. However, just to tease out, this is Thursday's episode, Friday's episode. It is 95% confirmed that Craig Mish is joining the show. So we're going to dig into a Locked on Mish's vibe Tomorrow, hopefully, um, yet to be fully, fully confirmed, but hopefully Craig will join the show and uh, can we can get into some of the, the finer details around the, the Marlins hire of their manager, also assistant GM talk, also Mel Stoudemire talk, also perhaps kind of looking ahead to the offseason moves, uh, and also maybe looking at the World Series, because guys, the World Series is, is, is upon us starting tomorrow, uh, Friday, so looking forward to that one, I'm going to talk about that shortly, but uh, as you know, if you guys listened to uh, Tuesday's episode, <clears throat> I was as I was about to hit record, effectively the news dropped. Skip Schumacher, and it is it's been confirmed by a few sources now. That is the pronunciation. No Schumacher, a la, a la kind of Michael Schumacher from Formula One. No, no, no. It's Schumacher. Schumacher. Skip Schumacher. So Skip is in. As I mentioned on Tuesday, it was like immediate reaction, immediate feelings. I've had time to dwell on it. Also to take in some information across Marlin's Twitter. How's everyone feeling about it? Rightly, I'm seeing some questions about why is everyone getting hyped? Why so hyped on Skip? Also, shout out, Alex Contreras spotted a tweet from him from the end of May 2022. Saying and he had a short list of managers the Marlins could and should consider or candidates. At that time, clearly we didn't know what the plan was for Donny, and I think Alex was was alluding to the fact that the Marlins perhaps need to make a managerial change, a new voice. Donny ended up agreeing with that idea, as did Kim and Bruce, and thus Alex Contreras drew up his, his candidate shortlist. I think there were 14 names on there. Number two on the list, Skip Schumacher. Also on the list, Joe Esparta. There was a few other names that they've interviewed as well, so... Shout out to Alex Contreras all the way back in May mentioning these guys. There was no usual dudes. Probably Joe Madden was still, maybe he was still with the Angels then. I can't even recall. But, you know, he was absolutely on the money there in terms of the types of candidates maybe the Marlins would go after. Skip Schumacher has got the job. And we await the the presser uh, with, with Skip to get a sense of, 
the direction he's going to take with this with this club. But I think <clears throat> some of the information, the the abilities, but equally the the weight, the, the tenacity, and his ability to teach as well and instruct. And I think that is going to be critical, clearly, from a Marlins perspective. And there's there's no reason, that, like, I guess the one thing we have to call out is, I think Donnie's ability to, to, to teach hitting in many ways is up there as well. Like, Donnie, one of the best hitters of all time in some ways. And so we shouldn't forget that. But I think the, the, the sense was from what Craig reported was the Marlins were wowed by Skip and how he interviewed. They got him back for a second. And they they quickly kind of prioritized their guy and went and got their guy. Seen some bits. What did I see? Keith Law. What what is it with Keith Law and the Marlins? I think he's just trolling the Marlins. I think he is. But he was up there saying, "Oh well, you know, the Marlins basically have gone with Skip Schumacher. They they've decided to hire him based on an interview. He's never done it before. The Marlins don't know that he's going to be successful. You've got Luis Rojas available, who's managed before, and blah blah blah. Keith Law, listen, you probably aren't listening right now. You blocked me when I called you out on the Max Meyer." shout back in the offseason. You were dead wrong on that. And you're dead wrong on this one too, brother. You're not listening, but I don't care. Someone clip this and send it to Keith Law. You're wrong about this. The Marlins made the right call. They saw their guy, they identified their guy, and they went and got him. Talking about Luis Rojas, because he's got managerial experience and, and he'd be perhaps a better fit for the Marlins. This is an absolute nonsense, Keith. It's nonsense, brother. Really is. Go and look at what, I mean, I talked about it on the pod last week. Go and look at Luis Rojas's record with a bloated financial situation in New York. He managed to have two seasons under 500 and a clubhouse running wild and after raccoons. Come on, Keith. You can't be serious. You are trolling the Marlins. You have to be. You have to be because that is not a legitimate take. No, it isn't. The Marlins, this is the thing that I like for them. They haven't. They haven't gone down and been swayed by the past. Who's done what? What's their their record like? Every situation is unique. The Marlins are, are a unique ball club in many ways. And I love the fact that they have taken a punt on a guy that has just risen through the ranks quickly. All reports that we've seen subsequently have said, Skip Schumacher, well thought of, teaching, tenacity, I think he's a perfect hire. Some have called out to say, should they have gone, you know, uh, with a Latino guy, a Spanish-speaking guy? I understand where that's coming from, clearly because there's a lot of Latino players that play for the Marlins and play in baseball in general. Does it Does it matter? I don't think so. I don't think it does. And the reality is the majority of the Marlins players, because I've heard them and engaged with them before, their English is, is you know, fine. And for those that, that are maybe lagging behind, you know, they're, they're making the necessary steps to learn. So I don't think that is. <coughs> Would it have helped? Or from Skip's perspective, could he go and learn some Spanish? Maybe. I don't even know. I don't know if he does. Be intrigued to know if he does speak a little bit of Spanish. I don't know. It'd be interesting and maybe helpful for him in the future. Just trying to be able to engage maybe more directly in, in whatever player's uh, natural language. I don't know. But for me, is that a missed opportunity for the Marlins? No. Is it the fact that Skip has never managed before? Is that a problem? No. Who knows, though? 
The reality is, why the hype? That was the question that was asked. Why the hype around Skip Schumacher? Partly, it's because the Marlins have, have done something. So, we're all excited about that. And also, the hype either. Like, we just don't know how this is going to play out. And I get that's where Keith Law was coming from, to go back to Keith. But to throw it out there and say, oh, there was a better candidate than Luis Rojas because he's had two terrible seasons with the Mets, that's a nonsense. It really is. Like, if the Marlins like the attributes, they like what they hear, that's the point of interviews. If, you, if, if you're if you going to not really weight anything towards the interviews, then why bother doing them? Why bother? And I, I think the Marlins have played it right. I trust Kim. Always have. <laughs> Some will be laughing, but I, I do trust Kim. Not on free agency. Or maybe that was Derek Jeter's problem. I don't know. But, you know, I, I, in the main with Kim, I think she's a good read. And I think they've made the right call here, the Marlins. And I'm very excited to see some other news. Uh, it sounds like the Marlins are on the cusp of, uh, and Kim on the cusp of getting uh, an assistant GM in, in the building as well. The attention then turns to, so that'd be great. You know, obviously, manager, first order of business. We said that. It's a busy offseason for the fish. Manager in, assistant GM in, a trusted one from a great franchise uh, that's you know, just about to embark on a World Series right now. Kim and him have connections. Uh, Oz. So <clears throat> I think it will be another big step for the fish. Clearly, Kim needs some help on, you know, from a front office perspective because so many Ajita's guys are gone. Kim is clearing house. She's bringing in her people. The connections there are historic, and we like to see it. I love the I love the skip hire. I think getting in the assistant GM as well, another big step. Then you can get into the staff. Sounds like Skip's going to move quickly to appoint his staff. And clearly the key question in terms of existing staff, because all the rest can go, but Mel Stoddard, Meyer Jr., clearly reading not between the lines with, with what Craig's putting on Twitter, but Craig feels really confident. And he said that on this show a few, few weeks back. He expects Mel Stoddard to remain with the Marlins for obvious reasons. However, from Kim's perspective, she needs to have the conversation with Skip to make sure that he's comfortable they need to make sure Skip and Mel need to have a conversation. Make sure they're comfortable working together. Do the juices still flow for Mel? Yes, they do. Is it one of the best pitching coaches' jobs roles out there? Yes, it is. Maybe not financially overall. You know, he's not going to be the number one paid pitching coach, but in terms of the level of talent that's around and also the fact that he's been there for a few years and has serious connections with this pitching staff, Mel Stoudemire will want to stay. As long as him and Skip see eye to eye, which I think they will. I mean, it's one of those, you got to keep Mel. You got to keep it. And I see it, it's kind of like flicking it over to like a Rams perspective, like from NFL. You know, they they went out and hired, uh, obviously, Sean McVay, up and coming stud, took a punt on McVay. But you had, you know, Wade Phillips came in as a defensive coordinator there. Um, and, and in reality, had the kind of steady, steady hand, which in reality is Mel. So there you go. Uh, Skip Schumacher and Mel Stoudemire, effectively Sean McVay and Wade Phillips there. Didn't think I'd make that comp during this show, but I have, and I just thought about it on the spot. It may be wild but or, or off the mark, but nevertheless, threw it out there. Right, guys, wanted to let you know about our good friends over at Roan. And uh, listen, we've talked about them a few times now. Absolutely love these guys. And the dress shirt, as I've mentioned, was due for a radical reinvention. And Roan have stepped up to that challenge big time. Their commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. Mobility, baby. 
Just ask, just ask Jacob Stallings. Mobility is everything. Rome's comfortable. Uh, Four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commuter work or even 18 holes of golf. Uh, looking good is easy and it's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Rome's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. If you go and work, straight into cocktails, work, into baseball, doesn't matter. They're going to get you covered with this commuter shirt. You can head to roan.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That is 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash locked on. Reminder on that promo code locked on. And also reminder on the spelling of roan. It is R-H-O-N. Locked on. Okay, so. Skip is in. Assistant GM on the way. I also want to talk about the World Series. Just briefly. Uh, it's coming up tomorrow. What is, you know, the funny thing is when we look back a few few weeks back, all of these number one seeds were complaining because they had all this off, you know, this this downtime, you know, because they weren't involved in the wild card. I've been thinking about this in more detail. And, you know, we wish, you know, JT Riamuto well, Brian Stanek well, probably a few others. Balati, I think, is actually with the Phils, although I can't even remember him as a, as a Marlin, to be honest with you. But this, to me feels this delay because both series were wrapped up so soon and they've got their scheduling all baked in to optimize that and optimize tickets and optimize everything. I think, I mean, if you looked at it on paper anyway, you'd you'd think that the Astros had the advantage. And I think actually this also layers into that advantage for the Astros. Why? The fills were hot. It was scorching hot. Scorching hot. Tore it up in the wild card. Rolled in, absolutely beat the Braves black and blue. Now they've had to sit, wait, and pause for four or five days. Can anyone, can anything cool Bryce Harper down? I don't know, but maybe four or five off days could. And it's going to be interesting, right? Because that's all, it was all the talk when the Bravos came in cold and the Dodgers were caught cold and the Bats were cold. That was the thing. It was that the, the Bats were all dead for all these number one seeds. And so from the Phils, they have just blitzed some of these some of these teams and some of these games. So is this pause going to create a problem for the Phils? I mean, I hope it goes deep, the series. Astros on paper are clearly the best team, but the Phils had the magic. They had the postseason magic. But does that delay hamper them? We're going to wait and see. We're going to wait and see. I want to round this episode off. Last five minutes, I want to talk about Joey Wendell specifically. Um, I probably plan to spend more time with Wendell. I put it out there on Twitter earlier today as well. I was starting to look at Wendell's numbers uh, from last year. Obviously, the hamstring problems were just prominent. Multiple times, hamstring gone. But clicked into baseball reference as you do. Only 347 at-bats. So, yes, the injuries hampered him, and he's lost out on, what, 200, 300 at-bats there if he played the full season. What struck out to me, two and a half war. That's what I put out on Twitter. I was like, wow, that is that is a huge war. He's only hit, you know, three home runs. He's hitting 260. I mean, is that the state of the game these days where a 260 hitter with three home runs in half a season is a two and a half war guy? You then go, well, maybe it's the defense. Maybe it's the defense. Like the, the defense is okay, but I mean, come on, it's, it's Joey Wendell. 
It's not Nolan Arenado. So the point I was making on Twitter earlier was war. It's it's so misleading in terms of evaluating players. If I look at Joey Wendell and go two and a half war guy, like in half a year, so projected out a five war guy, Joey Wendell hitting 260, maybe, you know, eight home runs, no stolen bags and okay defense. Come on. No way. So got to be careful with war. What is it good for? Yeah. You know, it's a talking point, let's say. But more interestingly with Wendell, here's the here's the top level stuff. Uh, final year of Arb this year, there is a club option. So there's like a there's a I guess if indeed he exceeds the Arb number, they have the club option, I believe, that they can trigger at six and a bit million, but I think his Arb number may be slightly lower. Let's say Joey Wendell, six million. First question: is there a chance that the Marlins non-tender Joey Wendell? The answer is no. Here's the other question. Is there a chance that the Marlins trade Joey Wendell this offseason? I think that is a maybe. And the reason being, they, they effectively have multiple guys that are in the same spot. And it's all going to come down to roster construction, how they feel about Wendell more generally. Clearly a different type of approach with Skip Schumacher in, in town. What's he going to look for? To be honest with you, I think Joey Wendell absolutely fits his profile in terms of Skip Schumacher. So I think Wendell has a decent chance of playing a much more prominent role uh, for the Marlins next year than, than perhaps he, he did last year, although in reality it was injuries that hurt him. So they're the questions. Is he is he going to go through Arb? Yes, he is. Or they've got the option. Could he be traded? Maybe. I think unlikely. So where does Wendell play in 2023? That is another question. Let's assume that Jazz Chisholm remains a second base. Could Joey Wendell be every day at third base? Maybe. John Birdie kind of flicking around? Maybe. This is the point. Like, Wendell and John Birdie, kind of similar dudes in some ways. Like, super util guys. Goes back to the question asked about Brian Anderson. Where are we up to with Brian Anderson? What does his future hold? Um, aside from that, boy, oh, boy, when you go look at the Baseball Savant page, which is what got me going, I looked at Baseball Reference, two and a half war in half, half a season. Wow, that feels inflated. You go and look at the baseball savant numbers and, and what do you see or the you know the, the the sliders you just see a ton of blue like wendell just doesn't hit the ball hard he doesn't strike out he doesn't really walk actually so no k's decent batting average no power no nothing and okay defense i mean i mean he's 32 as well wendell he's 32 so here's the other question what do the Marlins do with Wendell in general? Is he a guy they look to extend at some point? Like, are they going to commit to Wendell? Does Wendell want to be there? I don't actually know the answer to that. Had a sense, like, at some point that, that maybe Wendell wasn't completely enamored with his time in, in Miami. But that's just pure speculation from me. Um, here's the thing I do like about Wendell. I talked about it the other day about Brian Anderson. What stood out for me? Well, the first thing is he batted in every lineup spot last year. One through nine. There was only a couple of uh, at-bats in the 8th, 9th, and, and, and 5-hole, interestingly. Um, a lot of time leading off, actually, Joey Wendell, which kind of fits, right? Because he's definitely a low-power, high-contact, low-strikeout guy. No walks, though, which is disappointing. Um, but the bit that I was interested in, like I said about with Brian Anderson the other day, is what's he like with runners in scoring position? Because, again, for the Marlins, they just couldn't drive in any runs. With runners in scoring position last year, he was hitting 313. It was actually, other than runners at first and third, um, or, or second and third, sorry, um, it was 
it was his best uh, batting average in terms of runners on off you know and, and where they where they were in the position of the game so that's what I love to see Joey Wendell hit in 313 runners in scoring position love to see it no power that's a problem so does that mean like where does that take Joey Wendell's profile like what what kind of guy is he could he be should he be we spoke about John Birdie the other day me and uh, me and Sean Barrett said for John Birdie hit him in the ninth spot use the speed down there if John Birdie's playing which maybe he will um, but the question I also have is, is Joey Wendell an everyday player? And I think he is. I think he is. And let's not forget he was an all-star in 2021. So I think Joey Wendell is. The question is, is where does he play? And I think that comes down to what are the Marlins going to do with Miguel Rojas? What are they going to do with Brian Anderson? Those are the two impact pieces, I think. And, and then what's the knock-on impact with Jazz Chisholm? You know, if... Uh, you know, if they decide to move Jazz to to short and go, listen, Jazz, we're going to commit to you at short, then that opens up that second base spot. Would you be happy with Joey Wendell playing pretty much every day um, at at second base? I think the answer is yes. I mean, you can platoon him with with Birdie. Um, when you look at his, um, you know, his 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 splits, you know, versus righties hitting two sixty six versus lefties, as maybe as we expect, hitting two thirty. So, an obvious platoon candidate there, perhaps. Again, this all hinges on where do, the, where do the Marlins go with short? Because Miggy, the glove, as we know, is since the stick is dropped off. Can they get the stick going again with Miggy? Do they want to move Miggy? This, it all hinges on, on this infield hinges there. We know Jazz is going to be playing. Do they platoon him? Maybe they do. I don't know. But there's a lot of question marks around Joey Wendell in many ways. However, the main ones are, I think he'll be on the roster in 23. I think he fits the profile of what Skip Schumacher is looking for. Gritty guy. Remember back in the days, early in the season, where the Marlins were actually like in the hunt, winning games, they were on a streak? The porn star plumber. Every time you'd look at him and see him, you know, he was the best hitter. He was just the best pure hitter that the Marlins had. Easily, hands down. Yes, Jazz putting up some serious numbers. And yes, Jesus Sanchez back then. Do you remember that? in April and, and May, and Hazel, yeah, I do, and at those times, Jazz, Jesus, and three combined were doing some, were doing some serious stuff, Joey Wendell, great with runners in, question is, should he be leading off, I'm not convinced the profile is amazing, I'd still think they find their center fielder with that prototypical uh, skill set leading off, sounds like Jazz wants to play and, and hit in the two hole, Jazz, wherever you think you hit there, Craig Mish has already put it out there. He's confirmed it with Jazz. Yep, let's plug him in. So Joey Wendell, he actually was, was hitting cleanup relatively frequently at the back end of the season. For someone with zero power contact, I'm not I'm not I've no idea what the Marlins were doing with that one. Maybe it was just the runners in scoring position numbers. Perhaps that was it, which kind of makes sense. But you know, sliding Joey Wendell downwards maybe to that kind of five, six spot feels kind of right to me. You know, it, again, it all hinges on where they go with this roster, but I'd prefer to see Wendell a little bit lower down, five, six hole, no problem for me, probably platooning. Birdie can obviously come and be his platoon partner. Um, I think that works. So that's us done. Thursday's episode. Locked on Marlins. Me, Peter Pratt, sign out. Thank you for making us listen of the day. We're going to be back tomorrow on Friday. And 
uh, like I said, 95% certain that Craig Mish will be joining us for a lot on Mishes. Uh, as we know, there's a lot been going on and uh, Swings and Mishes uh, really in full production. So we hope to bring Craig uh, to this audience in the meantime. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Irrespective of whether Craig's on the show, I'll be back tomorrow. See you then.